All right, welcome back um, to the Chaotically Intolerant Podcast, uh, episode 129. Um, yeah, you can tell by my voice I'm not in the best shape right now, um, but whatever, you can complain all you want. Uh, we did do the uh, best of episode this past week, but we're back, um, so I don't want to hear any grief. Uh, Mike is back. It's just me and Mike today. Um Let's talk a little coach firings first. I feel like that's the thing we should open with. Uh, Mike Rabel was fired today. Yeah. After a rough season. I think it's a mistake, but, you know, that's why I'm not a GM. <laughs> oh, it's a huge mistake. That's a Tennessee's a quietly been one of the, I think, like, a, I, I don't think they're a great franchise. I mean, they just haven't won a lot. I don't think, um, their owners have been, you know, the ownership has been very patient. Uh, Vrabel did a great job. I mean, he got them to a championship game in 2019. They were the number one seed two years ago. Um, I, I don't know where they're going from here in terms of are they blowing it up or are they still trying to save face? But they, you know, they have a lot of work to do. And it, it just, I'm surprised because I thought Vrabel was really well liked by the players and even by front office and the fans and, hear good things about what he's done for the community there. And um, I mean, where, who are they going to find that's better than him, you know, and, and, and who's going to want to go into that job knowing that they're probably not going to have Derrick Henry and they've got an unproven young quarterback. Uh, It's no, no other offensive weapons. Like Tajay Spears is probably their best offensive weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe part of the feeling was that, Rableton, you know, left the cupboard a little bit bare, but and they have a pretty solid defense. And at the end of the year, they showed that they cared enough to put together a, a good effort against their division rival to close out mm-hmm. the season. Um, and it feels a little delayed, right? Like, I don't know. Well, when did the season? Has <laughs> it only been a couple of days? I've lost track of time here. It's Black yeah, Tuesday. it's only been two days since it the season. It feels like it happened, you know, because because you're so used to it being like Black Monday, and then you're like, oh, okay, and then it feels like an eternity after that. It's only been two days. Oh, uh, I've lost yeah, track of time. Uh, somebody who couldn't wait on Black Monday at twelve oh two a.m. Monday morning, the Atlanta Falcons released that they had fired Arthur Smith. Um, John Jim. Jim, John, Jim Harbaugh, national champion. They're saying that might be one of his places that he could go. I mean, Belichick could go there. There's a lot of possible coaching movement forthcoming this offseason. I mean, Atlanta had a an unsightly end of the season, and then Arthur Smith screaming at Dennis Allen and oh my about God. running up the score that didn't help his cause. So, I uh, I'm I think more and more every day about the Atlanta Falcons and. The fact that that team is not a perennial contender right now, even with their quarterback situation, who Taylor Heineke, I think, is objectively the better quarterback anyways. Um, he's not great. He's not a great quarterback. But when he's playing well, he's you know he'll compete with Tom Brady in a, in a wild card game. Um, but it just doesn't make much sense to me how that Falcon team wasn't able to be much better. I mean, you, you have Bijan Robinson – uh, Drake London and um, Kyle Pitts on the same roster and you can't do anything with them. I mean, that's, and a great defense. Like how many teams can say we have a great, we have like a superstar running back, superstar tight end, superstar wide receiver, a pretty damn good defense. And we went eight and nine. 
eight and nine, maybe seven and seven ten, and something 10. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's baffling to me. I, I don't know how he hasn't lost his job earlier based on even last year. They had they had great talent and couldn't do anything. Yeah, I just I don't know. Arthur Smith was a felt like a random coach to begin with and feels like a I mean his dad's the CEO of FedEx, like <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know about that? Yeah, he's he's fine after he gets fired. He's he's just gonna go back to dad's house. Well, Arthur Blank, <laughs> CEO of um Home Depot, right? Let's see. Uh, yeah, the co-founder of Home Depot. Yeah, that's the dream. That's the American dream: build a company and then buy a football team. Well, maybe that's why you like Arthur Smith. They've had a lot of they had Mike Smith back in the day. He came from being a coordinator on an AFC South team. I think that's where Arthur came from Tennessee, didn't he? Maybe that's why Mike Vrabel got fired. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fi- the final firing, um, Ron Rivera. This one was very expected. Um, just Riverboat Ron, it was time to go. He, he was there. He must have been there six, seven years now. Um it was just time. It's it's Washington wants the new owner wants a, a winner. He doesn't want to watch them flounder and maybe win the division every once in a while. He wants he wants to compete. So not a shocker. I I get that one, but I also don't think that all coaching firings are created equal. And like you just said, Atlanta wasted a lot of talent, and that mm-hmm. falls a lot more on coaching. Washington gave Ron Rivera nothing. In fact, he was, you know, having to navigate through choppy waters of a just a god-awful franchise. Now, granted, Josh Harris only took over the team this past year. But, you know, the, the mess that Dan Snyder left, I mean, it, you know, is, is prime Bill Belichick going to take that team any further than Ron Rivera did? So it's, I understand it. They want a new voice going forward. But also, what the heck can Ron Rivera do you know, with and and defense was terrible, and Jack Del Rio got fired earlier, and the, would they lose their last nine games? I think they were four and four at one point, actually. After they, they were, beat, I think they were four, thinking four playoffs. Five maybe. Yeah, I mean, they beat New England. I remember, you know, in, in like November, and they were the record. I, th- I want to say four and four, maybe four and five, and they and then they lost out. So, um, pretty ugly. Um, uh, but not, yeah, not unexpected. And Ron Rivera's been through it before. He, he took Carolina to Super Bowl. They were, what, 15-1? and one, And then how long until he got fired by Carolina? You know, three, four years, right? It's It really is what have you done for me lately in the NFL. As Mike they, Rabel just uh, found out. They lost eight straight after beating the Patriots. Um, they four and five, yeah. They were meh. Um, they went, they started 2-0 and oh, and they was big. You know, it was crazy um to think that the commanders could be two and out and then well, they lost three Arizona straight Denver, yeah. then they lost three straight um beat the falcons so then you're three and three lose to the giants lose to the eagles beat the patriots but it again that looks like a close game too so just sad season for the commanders very sad um and i guess i do want to talk a little bit about nick sirianni because the uh the philadelphia eagles just lost a 
embarrassing game against against the Giants. Uh, but Eagles fans are still calling for Sirianni's head after like a six-game tough stretch. Obviously, the season hasn't been what the Eagles were last year, but you have to expect that with a Super Bowl hangover. But if we're going to fire every coach that has a Super Bowl hangover, I mean, fucking fire fire almost every single coach. Fire Sean McVay. That was one of the that was the worst Super Bowl hangover of all time and he didn't get fired. Look at where they're at now. Give give the guy a chance. Like that's and I hate Nick Sirianni, but give him a shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand the obsession with firing coaches. It's just it's not like it hasn't been going on for you know, ages, but we live in a world now where, you know, with, think about it with like smartphones and the ability to, to swipe for everything and you're always looking for the next best thing. And it feels like that with coaches. I mean, they, they say, you know, with a new coach, you have to give them three years, three-year plan. Kyle Shanahan, his first two years uh, were pretty pretty terrible. Now, the second year they lost yeah. Garoppolo for the season. They brought him over in 2017 and he's going into year three with like, I think, 10 wins in his first two years. And the Niners said, hey, all right, well, you know, three-year plan. Let's let's see what you got. And sure enough, they go 13-3 and three and get to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that every coach is going to be able to do that, but um, I think about Dick Vermeil back in the day. I mean, the Rams were god-awful, 97 and 98. Now they struck gold with Kurt Warner, but then, you know, they went on and won the Super Bowl. You, you got to – I just – and then Houston, and then I'm, I actually flipped on TV. They got uh, inside the NFL here, and they're showing Houston. It, it's just funny that Houston had, had been one and done with its head coaches the past two years, understandably, I guess. But who's to say if, if they go, you know, 5-12 and 12 next year that D'Amico Ryans isn't suddenly on the hot seat? It's just crazy. It's it's embarrassing that these teams. You, you gotta you gotta let a coach. I mean, if you're gonna hire somebody, really invest in them. I mean, don't just mm-hmm. uh, you know Belichick's first year in New England, awful, five and eleven. Yeah, again, you know, luck. They probably didn't know what they were gonna have with Brady, but you, you just you have to give it a chance. And I'm not. And obviously, in Ron Rivera's case, he he got a fair shot, and and that that's why that firing is understandable. I I guess. You know, Arthur Smith did, and obviously Vrabel was there for a while, but Vrabel, it was just, you know, two subpar years. Well, let's see if he has a plan. And then what's the next coach going to do? Are they really going to be in any better spot, whoever they hire, unless maybe they get Jim Harbaugh or Belichick? I, I, I don't, just, honestly, I don't think Harbaugh or Belichick could do anything with that Titans team because of ownership. I mean, ownership traded away A.J. Brown. Like, that's, that's all you have to say is they did that, and you can be like, oh, well, no one's ever going to succeed there. Right. Until something happens with that, the Titans will the the most they'll be is they they may go to a divisional game like that's or or an AFC title game like on the back of a really good coach. But I don't see them ever winning an AFC title game like that's just won't happen with the current group that's there. That something needs to change over there. And I hate the Titans, but like that's that's their plan. First thing, change how you're doing things. That's it. Um, right. Uh, let's, let's go to the games. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Don't want to be talking about another man's job, you know? Um, but, uh, Steelers Ravens, the Steelers somehow, some way we felt they were dead. I still think they're the grossest team to ever, almost the grossest team ever to make the playoffs. Um, but the Steelers squeak their way in. They beat the Ravens 17 to 10. Um, I mean, this is. Nobody, nobody wants to see the Steelers in. Nobody, and it's, unless you're a Steelers fan, and even Steelers fans say, "Eh, 
whatever. I would rather see the Bengals, honestly, with Jake Browning. I would rather see them in this game. Um, the Steelers getting in is a travesty. Blame, blame a couple <laughs> things. Blame, blame 17 <laughs> games because if 16 and six or six playoff teams for that matter, Pittsburgh wouldn't be in. But, you know, you, you give this – this team enough time they're cockroaches they just won't die right it, Tomlin never has a losing season but they're not really they're not good and to me they waste the playoff spot more than even yeah I mean Jacksonville wasn't going to do anything clearly the way they played you know honestly your Colts you never know you never know if a team that I think about yeah I mean I, I know they're NFC but the Bears for example played a lot better down the stretch you almost mm-hmm. feel like if you put the Bears in and granted they won seven games that maybe they could have a shot at least to win one game with you know, Justin Fields or what have you. But it feels like the Steelers are just, that is just, they're getting by on reputation. You know what I mean? It's like they're, I, I know that's not a thing, but it, it might as well be like they're winning because they're the Steelers. I, I almost have no other explanation. And now they're going to Buffalo without TJ Watt. Um, and the Bills, like, see what the problem is, the Bills, beat themselves more than any team I've ever seen. I mean, that if you, I don't know if you had a chance yeah. to watch the whole Sunday night game with Buffalo. I mean, that was brutal to watch because Buffalo did so many stupid things and they still found a way to win the game, which to their credit, it's like, you know, that's impressive, right? Even against the banged up Miami team to go on the road and win. And, you know, when your division title is on the line, but, my God, they, they cannot get out of their own way. Yeah. They had the end zone interception that was totally ill-advised. Then they had um, that ridiculous play at the end of the half where they were tackled on the half-yard line with no timeouts. Then I made a joke I was watching with my dad, and it was third and 10, and the Bills were down 14 to 7. And, it, you know, I said, if Buffalo gets a field goal here, that's a win for Buffalo. Normally you say if Buffalo only gets a field goal here, that's a win for Miami. I said, no, if the Bills find a way to just get points on this drive, given the way the night's gone, next play, sack, strip, fumble. Bills turn it over. And if not for a punt return, uh, what was the guy's name that ran that back uh, 96 yards? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, but he had a big punt return, and then they had one, basically one drive, and, uh, and then they couldn't get a fourth down close out the game when they needed a yard. I mean, they, they got like 12 yards on third and 13, but then when they needed a yard, they couldn't get it. So I say all this stuff to point out that as bad as the Steelers are and as much as Buffalo should win this game, I, I have a hard time believing they can make it through an entire postseason playing mistake-free enough to actually win an AFC championship or win a Super yeah. Bowl. So they should get by the Steelers because I think they'll be able to get away with a few of those mistakes the way they were against the beat-up Miami team. But beyond that, I don't know. I don't know what the prospects of this Bills team are. Hard to say. Um, First off, the committee would not let the Steelers in. They would not. If, if, If there was a committee, they would not be letting the Steelers in. Actually, the Steelers might get in because of the AFC North bias because of that good division, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we, we could, we could do a whole podcast episode just doing the, the committee for the NFL and, and discussing just cause the AFC North, they didn't have a losing team, which hasn't happened since the 1930s. Um, 
But the steel, I mean, this I don't ever want to see the Steelers, this Steelers team play football again. They're gross. They're disgusting. Um, the Bills, there was a play at the end of the half. Um, it was actually the third down and 10. It was right before Allen threw the ball into the middle at, at the goal line, and they didn't get up to it. The Dolphins were playing at the goal line. Right, the Dolphins, right. they did not care about the first down, even though there was 15 seconds on the clock. They knew Buffalo was going to fuck up somehow. They knew Allen was going to screw up. They were like, we're not giving you the touchdown because we know you're going to screw this up. You're not going to get the three. And what do you think they did? They screwed it up. Allen threw it in the middle when he shouldn't. He, he took an unnecessary risk at that point. And even McDermott, like I was ready to, I was ready to hear McDermott like screaming at Allen saying like, what the fuck are you doing? Why would you throw it in the middle? That could have been our division right there. Um, they, I, I guess uh, Josh Allen is going to be the reason the Bills win a title if they do. He'll also be the reason that they don't. He'll be the reason that they lose in the AFC title game or lose in the AFC divisional game or lose to the Steelers. He could. He is their Superman and their doomsday, and and which is crazy to say, but that's what a gunslinger is. He he can. That was what Andrew Luck was. Honestly, like if we're being real, I remember a lot of Colts games sitting there and. And watching and saying, if Luck takes care of the ball here, we're going to be fine. We're going to win this football game. But if Luck can't take care of the football, our defense is not good enough to stop him. We can't give away free free downs. Like, obviously, our defense was a bigger issue. But your gunslinger quarterback, if he throws a lot of interceptions, and Luck did throw a good amount of interceptions, that can that can drown you very quickly. And Buffalo, I mean, I don't I don't know what to think about. I don't know how Buffalo fans are feeling about this. Because on one hand, you're you're on this run, you're going in, you're hot. But this is also like one of the hottest teams that I've seen with the most flaws, I guess, if you if you know what I mean. Like they they are playing some of the best football in the league right now, but their flaws are glaring still, even though they're playing good. Right, exactly. I think that the talent discrepancy is large enough that they will win this game. Yeah. But Beyond that, I mean, I'd like to think they can beat the Chiefs because they'll finally, if they win and Kansas City wins, they'll finally get a chance to play them at home in the postseason. That's which, true. You know, they've had to go to Arrowhead. The last five meetings have been at Arrowhead. Jesus. And they haven't played Mahomes in front of fans. They've actually, Mahomes has never actually played a game in Buffalo in front of fans. So he's never played a road playoff game either. But you just, I don't know, like, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, chance that from the Bills that, you know, I can play this kind of loosey-goosey, you know, untrustworthy brand of football. And they might, you know, I think last year was a good kind of example of what of what the Bills were or, or and, and what we fear they still are. They, they had this kind of back-and-forth high-scoring game against, uh, what's the guy's name that started, Skyler? Thompson, that his name for Miami last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it was Skyler Thompson. Like Thirty-four to thirty-one, and you know Buffalo. I think they fumbled for a touchdown, and it was just they they just continued to to play like a stupid football team, and yet they won the game. And then they were home the next week, and I drank the Kool Aid, and I thought, oh, you know, Demar Hamlin's going to be in the house, and they're going to play Cincy, and they're going to show that they they could beat him, even though they were losing when that when he you know had his his uh, incident and they got pounded you know they got pounded 
in that game. And I don't know if it was the emotion or just the fact that they weren't that good, but the Bengals just took it to them. And I wonder if the same thing could happen if they, even if they advance past the Steelers, would the Chiefs just do the same thing to them? You know, if, if it's the Chiefs now, you know, if, if things break right for Buffalo, maybe they win and then they face like Houston or something. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know how far the Bills can go. I want to think this year is different for them, but I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Speaking of Houston, the Houston yes. Texans defeated the Indianapolis Colts 23-19 um, on Saturday night. Just I, I was already sick watching this game. And I actually got worse the very next day. I think. My, my body was lit. I had a hundred degree fever the next day. I didn't have a fever that night. I think my body literally rejected the fact that the Colts lost that game. Um, I honestly, I, I was going into that. I was like, you know, we already beat them earlier in the year in Houston. This just feels like the Texans are going to win this game because it's a divisional, you know, divisional matchups. A lot of times they split, especially teams like this, who are like so evenly matched. It's very rare that you see these two evenly matched teams, like one sweeps the other. And especially, I mean, you have CJ Stroud coming back from injury. It, and then they, they started off with that deep ball. I mean, I was cussing out Gus Bradley. And, and there are some people who defend cover three in that situation. Anytime you're dropping, you're dropping your guys back and you're sending four against a rookie quarterback, I don't care how good he is. And, and especially you're putting putting your corner in, in man coverage. And I think it was blown coverage by the safety because you see the safety. Obviously I can't bring up the all 22 right now, but the safety drops, I think it was to Houston sideline. He doesn't even pay attention to Nico Collins streaking down the middle of the field. And our safety's getting burnt. Of course, CJ Stroud's going to hit him. I mean, you, you call cover three because it's going to help the defensive line, right? You're, you're, you're only sending four because you're going to have a guy back there and help with coverage. But then you get burnt on the very first play of the game for, for a 75 yard touchdown. I mean, where, where is the logic here? Biggest game of the year. Uh, and Gus Bradley also will not be fired this off season to my dismay. Um, but what, what can I even say about this game? People want to dance on the grave here. Um, Jonathan Taylor looked great. He looked fantastic. Uh, just, I think, I think the overall fight by the Colts was, it was awesome to see. Um, you know, it, they didn't really let it get ugly. I kind of felt like they might let it get ugly. That's, that's kind of what happened has, has happened in the past, but our, we're always a second half team. And it was actually kind of flipped up until that final drive um, or the, the game winning or the go ahead touchdown that Houston scored where Houston was like great in the first half. We were anemic in the second half. And then at the, in the, or we were anemic in the first half. In the second half, Houston was anemic. We were kind of running, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I could I could talk about. I'll talk about the final drive. Um, we got the ball with six twenty left in the fourth quarter. We're down six points, which also Houston missing that field goal frustrating or that that extra point was very frustrating um especially because you know we could have won the game just on a touchdown and an extra point um you're down six with 620 left in the fourth personally how i would go about it and this is why i don't like shane steichen i'm not going to assume i'm going to score a touchdown there you don't want to assume you're going to go down and score a touchdown immediately i i i want to go down i'm going to run hurry up i'm going to go as quickly as i possibly can 
I'm going to get down there. I'm going to try and at least get into field goal range and then try and score a touchdown if necessary. Right. Cause you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't, you never know what's going to happen next. You want to give yourself as many opportunities as possible to win the football game. He, you could already tell based on like the first or second play he's doing Steichen's going to run the clock out. He's like, we're, this is it. Like, this is, we're going to end the game here. Um, so I was just screaming at the TV, please go in up-tempo. Please go in up-tempo. Um, as they're going down the field, the Colts were moving the ball pretty well. Uh, Lotter just runs up the middle. Um, first and 10, run. Second and eight, run again. Third and two, they run it for a yard, don't get it. Three straight runs outside of the red zone, which makes no sense to me. You're you're passing it okay. Um you're, you're offensively, you're actually in somewhat of a good rhythm right now compared to the earlier parts of the game. The Colts call a tie. The third and two at the Houston 16 was run with 148 in the fourth. We let that clock run down all the way to 108, 106 left in the fourth, and then we called the timeout. That makes no sense to me. Now you're at fourth and one. Now you're like, okay, there, there's a there's a realistic possibility that we do not pick this first down up. Like it is, it is a very realistic possibility. Um, so they they you know they he still did the same thing he was trying to do. He never made an adjustment. Didn't he was decided. He was stubborn. He was decided. This is what we're doing. And and you don't even send Jonathan Taylor out there. On the final play. I mean, fourth and one, you send out your fourth string back. Um, I understand if he's hurt, if he was hurt. He was hurt earlier in the game, but he was running pretty damn fine, I would say, um, earlier in the drive. And and I've heard some people like justify it by saying that they didn't want Taylor in because they didn't want the defense to key in on Taylor. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The Ravens wouldn't have Lamar Jackson in the game on fourth and one if they didn't want the defense to key in on Lamar Jackson. They wouldn't, the Dolphins wouldn't have Tyreek Hill in the game on fourth and one if they didn't want the other team to key in on Tyreek Hill. But guess what? You're paying Jonathan Taylor $46 million. The Ravens are paying Lamar 200 something million dollars. Tyreek Hill's getting, oh, probably over a hundred. I don't know how much Tyreek is getting. They're in the game for a reason. Because they get keyed in on every single play. It does not matter. That That is the worst excuse I've ever heard, that they'll key in on him. You're paying him for that, and he is a fantastic back for that reason, that he's always keyed in on. He has to be in the game. And, and I think he would tell, I think he would say the same thing. I think he would say the exact same thing, I want to be in the game. I don't care that they're keying in on me. I want the ball. That's what the best players always say. They want the ball. Yeah, Shane Steichen, I think he was afraid. I, I genuinely think the guy was afraid. And and I everyone knows I'm not a big fan of him. I'm one of the few that's not a big fan of what he does. Um, but I, in that situation, you put your best guy on the field. I, I don't care what it is. You put, you send out your best guys and you say, you come get us. You know, even, even Moss. Moss was there. Like why, I understand, again, they said Goodson was was repping that play in practice all week. Why is why <laughs> why are you not putting in Moss or Taylor in that play too? Why are they not repping that play all week? Like those are your best guys. You if that's the play you're going to use on a fourth and one, you want your best guys to be out there. 
and it's it's very simple to me. I don't understand why that even happened. But but for the Colts, I'll say this about the Colts: as much as I've given shit to Steichen, this was a fantastic year. I I expected us to win max, like best case scenario, seven games. That was like our best case scenario. But we fought for we were one win away from winning the AFC South. So. That's a fantastic year. I'd say the future is pretty bright as long as they keep Richardson healthy and be smart with him. Um, and Houston, I can't even hate Houston. D'Amico Ryans is like the most handsome guy on the planet. C.J. Stroud is a monster. Um, he even admitted that Indy is not a weak city, that he said it was the loudest stadium he's ever played in, including college, which that that bodes pretty well for the city. So I'm I'm really excited for what Houston can do. I really wish they didn't play Cleveland because I want Cleveland to to win their game, um, but I, I'm probably gonna root for Cleveland just because overall I should root against Houston. But I'm really happy for Houston and and to see them put together the the season that they have. All right, my 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 rant is done. You can if you have any thoughts on uh, Houston or the Colts, you, you can give them. Well, let's uh, yeah, I lost you there for a sec, but um. But how about this Houston team? Do you see them making any noise in the playoffs? Let's take a look at Cleveland, Houston. Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland's gonna be tough, man. Their their defense is is a monster. I, I feel good, like CJ yeah. Stroud is never out of it, though. Right, and they beat and they beat uh, Case Keenum, so we don't really have a good gauge from when they played a few weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, statistically, Cleveland's at the top in yardage and passing yardage, and it's just a matter of do they avoid the mistakes? You know, can they, can they, can Flacco, you know, he's, he's been slinging it and he's been turning it over a lot, but he's also making a ton of big plays. So you don't, I, I, I think Cleveland is the, is the better pick in this game because, you know, they've got the veteran quarterback, most road wins in the postseason in NFL history. Flacco has seven road wins. So um, he's, he's dangerous. Better than Mahomes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Ravens just hardly ever, played at home in the playoffs in the Flacco era. You know, they had a couple – they had a game in uh, 2011 and 2012. They played the Colts. They played Houston and the Colts at home, and I think those were – pretty sure those were the only home games Flacco had as a starter in the playoffs. So he he knows what it's like to have to win on the road. I mean, he's got and, – and he had a streak where he had five straight years where he won at least one game. So I, I – I, my only other thing, to, a point to make on this – game um is see when houston won and houston got into the playoffs on saturday i was thinking to myself well this is houston's like the classic underdog story and at that moment i was like 10 wins if they go in as a wild card team they could make some noise because you know it's like the house money thing right they were they had three wins last year um but by virtue of playing at home and now they have cj stroud back and by virtue of winning the division and actually being the better seed they actually lose what I think is their best card, yeah. which is the underdog card. And now Cleveland gets that. And Cleveland gets to be uh, the darling team on the road. And the team that is kind of all of a sudden like they kind of steal the thunder of the Texans, if you will. And I think that that makes Cleveland that much more dangerous in this matchup. So I, I definitely like the Browns. Yeah, I think – there's almost like that they they got the Jags game to break their way um, where it was like, oh, now we can actually win the division. Like they're, they're a little too high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, they play that 
very typical AFC. Like it's reserved for the AFC South or like the Bengals, um, that 430 Saturday playoff game. That's like reserved for either of those two. And I was like, I was literally when they were when they were showing the schedule on Saturday night, I was like, if the Colts win, they're playing there. Like they're probably going to play Saturday at four four thirty because that's just what happens. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I just I can't really justify the Texans to win this game. They got shredded by JT like all game. They couldn't stop the run. It was almost impossible for them to st- except on third and two when we really needed it. Um, and Cleveland, they're probably going to lean a little bit more on the run game. I would assume. Even with their, like, you know, they don't have, uh, what the hell is his name? Nick Chubb. They don't have Chubb, so it's a big loss. But they've operated for long enough now without him. I, I think I think it's going to be a resounding Browns win. I think the Texans are going to leave this game like nobody's really going to be sad. It's going to be one of those, like, happy applauding the team off the field, but they lost type of games. Right. Um, and yeah, the Browns I mean, still get their, like, playoff win, big for the big for the fan base, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the first matchup was 36-22, but it wasn't nearly as close as the score indicated because they were all over Case Keenum, and um, yeah. the Texans scored a couple garbage touchdowns. I don't know if it'll be a a blowout, but I, I expect Cleveland to look like the better team in this game, which they are. Well, and, and Houston's line is, like, they're so bad. Houston's line is horrendous. They they get like bulldozed. It feels like uh, Stroud has no protection. Like the poor kid, he's got to get it out as quickly as he possibly can. He right. took a lot of shots on Saturday night, and Miles Garrett being there, that's that's an even bigger issue. I mean, he could he 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 destroyed the Colts, who our line has been pretty good this year. He CJ Stroud might die back there just just based on Miles Garrett's existence at that point. Right. <laughs> right. Um, let's talk, uh, I, I guess, relating to the AFC South. Uh, Jaguars, Titans, quick word on this. Anyone could have seen this one coming. This was a typical Mike Vrabel game, especially after they got their ass kicked last week against Houston. This was the very typical Mike Vrabel, like, just go out there, kick ass. This is our last game, last game with Tannehill, last game with Henry, possibly last game with me. Let's go out there and show everyone we're not like we're we're going to embarrass the Jags and the Jags. I mean, I said it all year. I said at the beginning of the year, I didn't believe in them, even when they were on their run, when they kicked the shit out of the Colts in week six. I said they're not real. They're not a real team. And they actually finished worse than I thought they would. I thought they would be 10 and seven and win the division by default. But the Houston Texans are 10 and seven and won the division, but not by default. Yeah, I don't have I don't have much to say. I think we kind of talked about Vrabel. It's just sometimes when a yeah. team gets embarrassed, they they you realize they can't play any worse, so they have to play better. And you're right, Jacksonville was a fraudulent team. They went four and on fourth down more than any team in the league this year. A little reckless play. It just I, I watched that game. I didn't like the way that Peterson called the game. Lawrence clearly wasn't right. You got to give them a little bit of a break because he was battling a lot of issues this year. Um, but uh, yeah, frustrating if you're a Jags fan for sure. They called the almost the exact same play twice in a row on that third and fourth down at the end of the game. The the same pass to the outside. They did that twice in a row. They're like, oh, it didn't work. Let's try it again. <laughs> and that's yeah. a that's a horrible play design, anyways. That thing is that play. I hate that play because it's just itching for a pick six. Like if if yeah. somebody jumps in front of that ball, 
it's a house call no matter what so just bad just really disappointing for for jags fans honestly um let's see here what about vikings lions uh vikings put up a good effort and the lions kind of stomp on the throats that was important for them um i really think so uh it was good you know for for them to kind of go in with confidence this uh into the playoffs because they haven't been the most confident team i think throughout the week throughout the season yeah, the, the Lions, they, they played for the two seed, which I like. I, I commend them for – I mean, it stinks that Laporta might be hurt. But um, they – I'm just worried about how they're going to, you know, stop some of these big receivers they face in the playoffs. So when we preview that game, I think that's worth noting. Well, yeah, we can talk Lions, Lions-Rams. Um, obviously – the biggest storyline is the return of Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff playing against his former team and head right, coach. his former coach. Yeah. I, I saw somebody put out from Detroit. It was like a fake public service announcement from like fake city of Detroit saying like, we will not let you in. If you wear a Detroit lions, Matt Stafford Jersey, you're not allowed to come in. He's not on the team anymore. Don't pull that shit, which I agree with that. Don't, don't show up to the game in a Stafford Jersey. At that point, he's the enemy. You guys want to win a, you want to be a real team, win a playoff game. You don't want to be supporting Matt Stafford. Yeah, it's, it's sort of awkward. I mean, he's their <laughs> franchise quarterback, so beloved, and and he was part of the team when they broke uh, a twelve-year playoff drought in twenty eleven. Yeah, you know, they lost to Dallas, deal. I think, right? No, they lost to New Orleans that year. They lost to Dallas in twenty fourteen, and they lost to Seattle in twenty sixteen. I mean, they ne- obviously they didn't win a postseason game, and I believe they only went three times in the Stafford era but you know remember when he when Stafford was drafted they had been 0-16 and they only went two games his first year six games his second year and then they were again there was that three-year plan right Jim Schwartz comes in takes over a winless team and then by the third year has him in the playoffs and then a few years later he's he's fired of course right and and then Jim Caldwell gets him to the playoffs a couple times and a few years later he's fired and Matt Patricia takes over and well a few years later he's fired and let's see how long Dan Campbell gets you know if they have one or two bad years is right or he takes a job somewhere else but I just worry about the uh, Lions' ability to slow down big play receivers. And the Rams have a yeah. couple of them. And the Rams are hot, and they have Super Bowl experience, and they have a coach that has won, you know, and, and has taken his team deep into, uh, you know, January and February. Um, and I also wonder, too, if the, you know, it's going to be a charged environment. First playoff game ever at Ford Field, first playoff game in Detroit in three decades. But is that going to be too much? And is it going to potentially backfire at all on Detroit. And if it, you know, is, is it going to be more palpable tension if they get behind? And um, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks I, I could see like Detroit just being all over Stafford. There's that on one hand. And then there's the other part of me that's like, I don't know, the Rams just quietly are ascending and they, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this game, you know, but I'm, I'm still leaning towards the Rams because of their experience and because there's, it suddenly feels like there is pressure on Detroit. You know, if Detroit was this like plucky road team in this matchup, I same thing like with that Houston situation. It's it might actually work against them that they're home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on from this one. Uh, Jets, Pats, just a quick, quick note on this. This game mattered to nobody, but, <clears throat> but a uh, snow game. So that was fun. And Bill Belichick just, he looked really sad in his, in his scuba gear that he had 
only could see his eyes. And I also found out he loves Harry Potter, which is hilarious. I, I can I can't imagine Bill Belichick curling up with with that big ass Harry Potter book one night. That just makes me laugh. Hmm. Didn't know that. Uh, I know that the, <laughs> the Pats lost to the Jets for the first time since 2015. Yeah. That overtime game where I think Matt Slater didn't know if they were supposed to defer or take the ball. So that's kind of a – I thought, if anything, maybe it would be fitting if Belichick beat the Jets one more time before he he left. You know, the former HCNYJ, that old – the card that he, he wrote when he, he resigned um, – yeah, I, I don't know. There's not much to say. It was a, it was an ugly game in ugly conditions, and now really the 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 only thing that you know that game will be a footnote potentially is Belichick's last game as Patriots head coach. So it it is hilarious to me that it's the most Jets thing in the world that they finally beat the Patriots, at, especially in Foxborough. But it actually hurts their draft position, and it helps right. the Patriots' draft position a little bit more. So that's that just makes me laugh. Makes me smile a little bit. <laughs> uh, and I'll say this: keep Robert Sala. He said two. Right, this is the second year. He's won seven games, yeah. both years with just literally no quarterback, almost no offensive line. But they they beat a few good teams this year. They beat the Bills yeah. on opening night. They beat the Eagles. They pounded the Texans. Um, you know, the almost Jets, beat Kansas City. They were hanging in there. Right, right. They chipped away in that game. I mean, they got hammered by the Dolphins a couple times, and you expect, you know, if you're seven and ten, there's going to be some down moments. But you know, they had, yeah, they had a few solid wins, and they generally looked competent. They just looked overmatched. And again, that's it's the same thing I was saying before, where it doesn't feel like it's a coaching problem; it's a it's a quarterback problem. And obviously, they never got to see what life would have been like with Aaron Rodgers, and he's under contract one more year. Um, so if he comes back, you know, I think that's giving Salah a fair shake, giving him three years and at least one year with a, you know, legit quarterback. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like the job he's done. I like the, the attitude the Jets have. They're just not good, but they play hard. I'll give them that. Um, Bucks, Panthers, and then Falcons, Saints. The Bucks clinched the division with a with, – they, they whomped the Panthers 9 to nothing in, in this game. Uh, no yeah. extra innings. The uh, the Rays defeat what is there? Is there Carolina? There's no Carolina Major League Baseball team. I'm sure there's a Carolina. Well, Charlotte is Charlotte is the minor league uh, home, I think, or Durham or whatever. It's the Durham, Rays. Durham, yeah. Funny enough, the, the Rays minor league. So. Oh well, the Rays played an exhibition against their own minor league team, the Durham Bulls, and that's they defeated about what them. The score would be yeah, that nine to nothing. Well, um, the Panthers got beat, got shut out their last two games, and then. But the game before that, they put up 30 on Green Bay, which is why people probably yeah. think Green Bay has no chance against Dallas. But the uh, yeah, the Panthers just what a horrible season! I mean, all the way from their owner to the coach being fired to rookie quarterback just just running for his life. Um, the Bucks, I, I mean, we can segue in a second to Eagles Bucks. I mean, last two weeks they have not looked good. They looked great for four weeks. Baker Mayfield was setting the world on fire, and then they had that letdown against the Saints, and then they they did what they had to do there. I like their defense. Defense is pretty good. Um, I if they need to run the ball and play defense, they, their best path forward as far as uh, you know playoff success is old school football. You know, pound it yeah. and and run it and play well on defense, and you know be opportunistic with your passing plays. So, but that look. 
the mark of a good team is winning when you have to win. And they had to win. You know, there was no margin for error. The Bucks weren't going to get in if they lost. And they they did what they had to do. It was ugly. I mean, they got a break. Carolina, Antoine Winfield forced the fumble right at the goal line. And uh, that ended up being basically the difference in the game. And it summed up Carolina's season. It's the second time, by the way, in the Panthers' history that they've lost 15 in a season. They had that 1-15 season where they won opening day in 01 and then lost 15 straight. And now this debacle. And... Um, yeah, not much to say uh, on that. Uh, I'll, I'll say in the other uh, NFC South game, though, one team really came to play, New Orleans, and Atlanta did not. <laughs> and, um, and you know, you say what you want about Jameis Winston and what a jerk he was, you know, putting that extra touchdown on at the end. But the Saints, you know, I, if there's one team I might have looked at and said, you wonder if they might have been able to win a game in the playoffs, it would have probably been New Orleans. I don't know. I I think I think Tampa still has it. Maybe I'm just biased because Tampa's more of a fun team, but I just feel like Tampa has a more a better shot right now, even though New Orleans looked better on Sunday. Well, yeah. I mean, both teams have quarterbacks that have at least played in the playoffs before. Yeah. Um. You know, and and Mayfield's won. He won with Cleveland three years ago, and Carr. Uh, I'm trying to remember when he because he uh, didn't play. He in lost to Burrow he lost a couple to years ago. Burrow, yeah, that's right. And um, right, and they they actually had a chance. They were down at like the ten yard line at the end of that game. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, it was the Falcons suck basically, and the Panthers redefined the word suck. So there, there's not much to say. But I think we should talk uh, playoff game here with the Bucks because they were in the same spot last year, Monday night at home in the 4-5 game and just got the brakes beat off of them. Uh, and, you know, that was Tom Brady's last game. Mm-hmm. This is his first ever loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he just stuck around a year or two long or two years too long. But He said he was Bucks, thinking about it again. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it was fake, but he was thinking about it again. And I was like, Fuck no, dude. You know what you looked like last time? I don't care about your offensive line. Go go date models, man. Uh, 2020, I wrote a whole piece on all the perfect numbers that would have just been – he could have gone out on top the way only Tom Brady could, and he, and he just had to stick around for a couple extra years. But anyway, discussion <laughs> for another day. But, but the difference is last year, you know, you felt like Dallas. You had all the – reason to pick Dallas because they hadn't won a road playoff game and the Bucks looked horrible last year. I mean, Baker Mayfield improved the win total that Tom Brady said. You would never thought you'd be saying those words that they, that Baker Mayfield a year later would have a better, you know, season at least wins wise than Tom Brady, but the Eagles, it's not just that they're struggling because sometimes that doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, I think about the 2012 Ravens, they, finished the season one and four after they started nine and two, but they won the game, the one game they had to, to win their division. And it was kind of, it was kind of like, Oh, you know, the Ravens are still, but the Eagles, not only are they one and five in their last six, they are getting physically manhandled by bad teams. That's the difference is that if you watch, because we saw, we watched that, that Cardinals game, the, the yardage and the, just the physicality was stunning. How how it was embarrassing. Pushed it, it around. Really exactly. Was. And that pick six was the only reason the Eagles had the lead as long as they did. And then 
to go out on Sunday at the same time that the Cowboys play. I know that the Cowboys were almost certainly not going to lose to the Commanders. I get that. So maybe in a sense, the Eagles treated it like a meaningless game. But to, to theoretically go out, because the Commanders did have a lead for a minute in that game. It was 10-7. to 7. But the Eagles were never in that game for a second. Yeah. and it They were down 7-24-0, just... I think. Like to At start? Halftime, yeah, it would have been worse. I think Tyrod Taylor threw a pick in the end zone with a few seconds left before halftime. It would have been at least 27 nothing, if not 31 to nothing. And then by then it was like, get Jalen Hurts out of here. Get, you yeah, know. It was, it was 24 nothing. 24 nothing at, let's see, 147 yeah, left in the second. Right, right. And they need, I mean, they need a lot of things. They need their defense to not be just you know, leaking so much oil, but they need a healthy Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown. They need to establish some kind of physicality running the ball. I mean, the, the only guarantee with the Eagles is that if it's fourth and short, you know, they'll get it. But other than that, playing standard football, they look horrible. And I I mean, yeah, maybe I'll regret picking against them and they'll turn it on and they'll look like the NFC champions of a year ago. But what evidence is there you know, based on six, because I personally, I didn't even think they were that, you know, when they were 10 and one, they were, they were winning, uh, you know, they had that win over the Chiefs on Monday night and they got lucky. They hung on against Dallas. It, I, I don't know. I mean, at times they look good, but there were other times where it was like, are they really this good? Because it just, to be 10 and one felt like a stretch. So, I, I thought I, I was justifying it by saying they're playing close games, which is important. You know, you got to get playoff ready. I was like, if, if you're ten and one in close games, I feel like that's not luck anymore. Like that's just good. But then I was thinking back on the Vikings, and I was like, well, they were, they had a whole season of luck, so it's possible, you know. And then they came out flat against New York. But um, I, I think I, what what is there to make of the Eagles? It's not firing time yet. Anyone that's saying it's firing time is crazy. Damn, me. he's won twenty. Um, he's won twenty five. 27 games if you include playoffs the last two years. Yeah. I mean, geez. I, I would understand firing maybe the defensive coordinator because it's a new guy as well. It's not it's not Jonathan Cannon. Well, yeah, the um, defense is or, just... And, and the better. offensive coordinator. I mean, their play calling has been un, almost like uninspired. You know, and that is Nick... From what I assume, Nick Sirianni is the offensive play caller. But it is just very uninspired to me. Um, I would understand firing both coordinators and restarting. But firing the head coach... Absolutely not. I will say ever since that moment after the Kansas City game when Sirianni's walking uh, in the tunnel and is screaming at the Chiefs fans gloating, I think they're 2-5 and five since that moment. So my, he might want to dial back a little bit on his cockiness. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, Bears-Packers, this was like the most Bears game ever. They, they were trying to be the Lions of last year. They were right. going to come in, beat the rival – uh, they, they've had like a really good stretch, you know, they, they had an outside chance at the playoffs and they could have knocked the Packers out, but the bears are the bears and they didn't do it. Um, Packers are going to the playoffs. They're going to pay the, the Cowboys, which every Cowboys fan is having PTSD from the Des caught it game. Um, when they saw the schedule come out. Well, so, and 2016, so. you know, Dallas had the one seed in green Bay winning oh, yeah. that third and 20 pass down the sideline at, uh, to cook, I think. You know, and then that set up the game winner. So, the the first of all, I mean, I think this was more not so much indicative of 
you know, maybe the Bears were fraud. I mean, look, they were hot and they kind of probably were due for, a you know, a letdown game. They played well in the second half, but they just cannot beat the Packers. It's like mental. It's almost as bad. Now I'm guessing, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm guessing that's the first or maybe second longest winning streak of one division rival over another now that Jets Patriots is over. So I, I think there's just part of that, that whole Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears thing, right? I mean, people got on him for that. Um, I don't, I mean, Green Bay, like people, you know, they've had a couple of good wins this year, but they've also had some bad losses. I'm not, you're not really sure what you're going to get. And they, they went on the road, they beat Detroit, they beat Kansas city in front of a national audience. And then they go on the road and lose to Tommy DeVito. So, and then they, you know, get picked apart at home by Baker Mayfield. But I don't know all the pressures on Dallas in that playoff game. Right, Green Bay, Dallas. I mean, Dallas should win. Yeah. They're great at home, I, and I don't know. I think they're going to win. I I really do think. I think this is this one feels a little different to me. You know, they they came behind from Philly. I mean, Philly was the favorite to win that division all year. There, it wasn't even a question, honestly. And especially when they were ten and one, it was like, oh, Philly's just going to win the division. Dallas is going to have the five seed and they're going to play the NFC South. But they came, they like rallied. They came from behind. They beat Philly when they needed to beat them. And it just feels a little different to me. It, it really does. I, I think this team, they're not, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but NFC championship, maybe. I mean, Dak is having an insane season right now. Yeah. I mean, that's their big, um, mountain to climb as they haven't been to the NFC championship since 95 and they finally won a road playoff game last year. But I mean, it was against the eight and nine 45 year old Tom Brady led bucks. So, you know, and, and I don't think anyone's going to be like, Oh my God, when they beat, if they beat green Bay. Um, but now they have two home games, you know, if they're going to get to the NFC championship game, they'll, they'll be yeah. able to do it with two home games. They won't have to play on the road until then. And there's no reason that yeah. maybe the Rams or probably just the Rams, but maybe the Rams could beat the 49ers and that whole, and Dallas's road to the Super Bowl could all go through Jerry world. It's, it's not out of the question. I mean, um, they, I almost, I hate saying this, but they feel like they're not supposed to be here. If you, you know what I mean? Like it, right. They they're fit. like an underdog, even though they're the yeah. tied for the most wins in the conference. Yeah. Never. They've never been like this. I feel like they've never actually had this. Well, they've, it's just been so many years of disappointment and yeah. abuse of the fans <laughs> against them, <laughs> that they're not that good. They maybe, maybe now they're taking that look. The Ravens have been talk, you know, playing that up all year as the underdog. I mean, you put up 56 on Miami and win 13 games you know, but you look, it's, it's all about the mentality it's in, and maybe, you know, a great team can win if it just tells itself it's a, it's an underdog, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dallas should win this game. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they lost just because it's Dallas and because the Packers are playing well, but I don't know the Packers to me, like, you know, they won their last three games, but who'd they beat? You know, they beat, uh, Bryce Young and the Panthers, they beat uh, Jaron Hall and the Vikings, and then they beat, you know, the Bears, who they own. So it's not like they won their last – but, you know, like I said, they have beat Detroit. They have beat Kansas City. So they do have it in them. They are the youngest team in the league. They have a 
a quarterback that's playing really well. We shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Jordan Love looks like, I mean, it's one year, so you don't know, but he looks like he's got a chance to be there, you know, be a good quarterback in Green Bay for a while, which they've been spoiled because Rodgers and Favre, you're going back all the way to the early 90s. So um, it's been a success either way for the Packers. And they have, I don't want to say they have nothing to lose. They have a playoff game to lose. But in terms of expectations, they've far exceeded them, I think, this year. And uh, still think all the pressure's on Dallas. And I still think Dallas will win. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it'll be that easy. And maybe I'll be wrong because Dallas has had some total blowouts at home. But you're right. Dallas did, you know, they've earned it. They they did have to overcome Philly. And they've, you know, I, I don't know. It's just the the road thing concerns me for Dallas. But they don't, they're not going to have to do that until at least the championship game. So maybe yeah. they'll be okay. And then the Super Bowl is indoors too. So who knows? I'll, I'll, end, I'll end that one on this. Um Aaron Rodgers went five and eleven in his first year as the six Packers starter. Six, six and ten, ten yeah, but close six enough. and ten. Um, so this is already better. This is, I mean, he's already yeah. better than what Rodgers was. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to talk Broncos Raiders. Uh, we already talked Eagles Giants. Not going to talk Seahawks. I'll say one thing about the Seahawks. I mean, they're just mid. That's pretty much it. They they tried, I guess. Um, and the Cardinals are frisky, but that there's we don't even need to talk about that one. Um, yeah, and Rams Niners uh, Niners could have been just the second team joining the 2013-14 Indianapolis Colts. They go six and zero in the division back to back years, but your Colts still have are still the only team to do that. I looked it Hell up. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> they, they, you know, but again, the Niners didn't lose a meaningful division game this year, so they they dominated their division yeah. as they're supposed to. But Carson Wentz, by the way, ran it a lot. Carson Wentz, baby. And and who knows? I mean, I don't – the Rams hope they don't have to see him unless it's just that, you know, he's taking kneel downs when they're up 40 points. But nice to know that. And I got to say, I'm not a big Sam Darnold fan, so I think Brock Purdy better stay healthy. I I don't know if the Niners could – I mean, they have a really good team, and Darnold's not – you know, he's not awful, but it would be a big step back. And um, a lot of pressure, obviously, on – Purdy and the Niners this year because every year they've been good and they've fallen really kind of like the Dodgers in a way. They've had these, these it's great... that West Coast attitude. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I'm hoping it happens to the Dodgers now. But the <laughs> – uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the Niners and Ravens come out of the bye. But um, have we missed any, any – we, uh, we missed games? we missed Chiefs-Dolphins. That was the last Chiefs one Dolphins, we were going to talk about. Chiefs-Dolphins, a good one to end on because I got hard knocks on – TV playing in the background here and watching the Raven the the, the replay of the Ravens uh, wonderful fifty six to nineteen win over <laughs> Miami. So here's the problem for Miami: they've got so many injuries now. I mean, Chubb is out, Van Ginkle, the two guys. You know, they they're, they're down a bunch of edge rushers too, right? I mean, they did guys? they did just sign a few guys. Uh, I yeah. know they signed uh, Justin Houston today. Well, yeah, Justin Houston's played with the Ravens, been in the league a long time. You can he make a sudden impact? And Bruce Irvin. Ex Chief Bruce Irvin. Okay. So they're yeah. they're they're hoping that the fountain of youth uh comes up. Well, my question is, what about their offensive guys? Uh, you know, are they gonna get back Waddle and Mostert? Um, I'm I'm not sure that's gonna matter because the weather is going to be horrendous. Every I've seen I've seen four posts on social media over the last two days about the weather. First time it said 20 degrees. Next time it said 10. Or that was 10 was earlier today. Later today it said 8. And now I saw one that says 0 with a wind chill of minus 9. So mm. maybe 
maybe the NFL is is paying off the weather guys so they can keep dropping it so people will want to pay for Peacock to watch this game because this is the Peacock exclusive game. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> we'll save that for another <laughs> awful 17 games isn't enough to squeeze, you know, every penny out of this league. Yeah. So pay, charge ridiculous. people to watch, yeah, playoff game now. Um, so the Dolphins, uh, yeah, look, the, the whole – the knock on the Dolphins for a long time has always been you got this Florida team and then they would always have these December swoons because, yeah, inevitably they couldn't go on the road and play in cold weather. And, and now this is taking it to the extreme. I mean, Mahomes is, like, once again, at home in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe it's not comfortable environment. It's not going to be in the 50s and, you know, clear. It's going to be yeah. single digits. Um, I... Being a fan of a team in the AFC, I'm nervous about the Chiefs because everybody is counting them out. And they're like, to me, it's like the Astros. It's just like they feed off of you counting them out. They do. And Kansas City has the second best scoring defense in the league. I think they were second in sacks. Now, Miami, I think, was third. But obviously, we just talked about all their issues with the pass rush. Kansas City has in my opinion, the best defense they've had in the Mahomes era, maybe in a long time. Because back in the day when I actually liked the Chiefs in the Dick Vermeil days and they had Trent Green, Priest Holmes, Tony Gonzalez, they never had the defense to win. They just, they never did. This is a... Well, even even in Mahomes' early years and, and the right, Alex Smith years, right. they well, never look had. At that, yeah, I mean, look at the championship game against New England. I mean, New England just had to outscore them to win. Kansas City got 31 second half points in that 2018 game and it it wasn't enough because they never got the ball in overtime. You know, it's a it's a weekend of really juicy storylines, reunions. You got Tyree Kill going back to KC. You got McCarthy against the Packers. You got the Stafford, Goff, the whole, you know, McVay, that whole thing. You've got, if Deshaun Watson were playing, you'd have Deshaun Watson back in Houston. He's not. Um, he can probably tell his teammates good places to go get massages around town, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. I should be better than that. But, um and you could have Joe Flacco playing the Ravens if the Browns advance. You know, it just keeps getting better. Uh, to me, the key, if the Dolphins are going to win, they, they have to find some explosive plays on offense. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, the whole talk has been about how Kansas City hasn't scored as many points. But, man, if they just pound the ball with Pacheco, this is the perfect night to do it, the weather. I, I actually can see Kansas City just steamrolling Miami. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, ooh, ooh, you know, we, should, we shouldn't have counted out the Chiefs. Here we go again. And and who knows, if Buffalo loses, you blink, Kansas City could be hosting in the divisional round. And then if Baltimore loses, could Kansas City be hosting? I mean, I'm giving all the worst-case scenarios, but yeah. could they be hosting a sixth straight AFC championship game? I guess what my point is, I just won't believe it and I won't pick against them. At all until they lose and just until hope that I'll be proven it. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's just the injuries piling up for Miami. But we also shouldn't totally sleep on Miami. They, for a lot of the year, look like potentially the best team. They just, it's just been the same problem with them. They've just never seen they're, to they're candy the candy ass. They're, can, they're a right. candy ass team. Exactly. That's what they are. Exactly. And now you've got, now you got to <laughs> uh, go on the Especially road. the uniforms. Well, I always thought the teal uniforms, uh, you know, Carolina went to a couple Super Bowls with them, but Jacksonville and Miami. And it's also like, you know, you said the West Coast thing, and then you got the Florida thing. I'm thinking just yeah. now, I mean, this is adversity, right? You've got tons of injuries. You've got to go on the road and play in miserable weather to try to, to, try to make something of a season that looked really promising. Because there were times when Miami 
Yeah. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Dolphins maybe having the number one seed. Had they won that game against the Ravens, I mean, they went into it with a chance. They were controlling their own destiny. And, you know, they got completely embarrassed. And they played pretty well Sunday, all things considered, but couldn't seal the deal. Now they got to go on the road to Kansas City. I, it almost feels like this great season that the Dolphins had will feel so much the same as all these other seasons if they lose, but if they win, it will feel like one of the best seasons the Dolphins have had since the Marino era. The, the, the equation that I've come up for this is Kansas City, they don't have anybody they can catch right now. So they're going to have to run the ball. And, and you, can't, you don't throw the ball as effectively as you do in the cold versus in the warmth. And Miami's defense has been shaky. They're... They stop the run okay. They they really do everything okay. Like, their scoring defense has been good. But I feel like that's also kind of helped by a weaker schedule, I would say. I mean, they're, you know, they've, they play the AFC East besides the Bills. Like, those two teams are horrendous offensively. Um, so, this, the equation is really not on the Dolphins' side whatsoever. Kansas City's going to run the ball down their throat. And the Dolphins are going to try and run the ball down their throat. But speed is really hard to get in the cold and in right. the snow. You cannot pick up a lot of speed in the cold and snow. You have to be fucking strong. Like you just have to be able to run guys over to, to win in the snow. Like yeah. the, the uh, LaShawn McCoy touchdown run against the Colts when he was playing for Buffalo. Do you remember that game? The snow game where the snow was up to their thighs. Was that was like eight to seven at one point or something? It, and- I, I think the, the game finished at like, nine six or something like that it was i remember vinatieri yeah. made vinatieri made a field goal that sent it to overtime oh in the that's snow. what it was i think they had they yeah. had like gone for two and it got called back and then he had to kick kind of like his famous kick but it was an extra point but he still yeah. made it yeah it was a 10-7 yeah. right yeah or 10-7 10-6 but that game is like seared into my brain whenever i think of the cold I think of that game and I'm like, well, you can't throw the ball. You can't, you can't run the ball or you can't like use speed. You're going to have to just run, o- run over guys and, and hope your blockers can clear a hole for you. I mean, well, it's that, and that's pure where, rugby. Yeah. That's where Isaiah Pacheco can be really a, yeah. a, a big time mm-hmm. player this postseason for the chiefs. Cause think of it, they they're at home in this game. It's going to be cold and then they win. The likelihood is they go to Buffalo and the weather's not going to be much better there. And, you know, they could then go to Baltimore. I mean, they're going to need, especially with the, the plight of their receivers, they're going to need a ground and pound. And then the Dolphins are going to need Raheem Mostert back. You know, they, they need that element that it, he brings them to have a chance to take some pressure off Tua because they're going to get after Tua, man. The Do- Dolphins got shut out in the first half when these teams played in Germany before. So that was, I, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs had a defensive touchdown, if I recall. Hill fumbled, didn't he, and got run back, so. Yeah, I I don't know. Miami's really going to need to to play like a. I feel like close to a flawless game to win this one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. I think even if they played Miami, it'd be difficult for them to win this game. Just just based off their vibes. I mean, just their vibe of of and their history in the playoffs. It's been a struggle. So, um, I'm excited for all these games. Uh, Me too. Thank you all for watching through the regular season. Anyone. Uh, if you want to just like take a trip back to the, earlier in the season, go listen to our best of. It's more of just a random compilation of clips that I made when I was sick. Um, that was our last episode. So 
um it's a good it's a good little time capsule just reminds you of like september and october and november in the season um but i'm excited uh thank you all for watching make sure to like subscribe comment the whole damn thing um and we'll see you monday